For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends, yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. So much to get to, as always. Uh, let's start with the border, because it's a humanitarian crisis. Oh, yeah. And a national security crisis. Yep. Uh, th- this is bad all the way down. And then Title 42, the Trump-era policy that allows for the more efficient removal of illegal immigrants, is ending next week. So you think the crisis has been bad up until now. It's going to get a lot worse. We're talking about as many as 14,000 border crossings a day. Good Lord. Once that happens. 4,500 or so in El Paso alone. That's right. That, it's by design. That is this a, is what they wanted. That is a problem. Okay. Uh, White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre, though, says, hey, you know, how, you know how Republicans can actually fix the problem? Pass an amnesty bill. You've got to be kidding me. Uh, we need to pass the comprehensive immigration reform uh, that we have put forth. On day one, the president put forth a comprehensive uh, reform plan that dealt with protecting, uh, for dream, protecting for dreamers, cutting down uh, the asylum. Okay. Uh, the asylum uh, no one was interested when Trump talked about it when he was president, talking about the dreamers. Remember, the yeah. dreamers. No one wanted to talk about it then. Democrats didn't want any deal. Now all we got to have amnesty. Build-up that we've been seeing, uh, especially because of what, what the last administration did. They <laughs> completely gutted the system. No, they we, have, uh, we have Explain that. Gutted the system how? Yeah, they, what, are you, what are you talking about? They, they can't actually explain that because that's something that did not happen. Of course not. Do these people just lie every single day? But the border's secure, whatever. And every time I hear this, I just have this fantasy movie that someone makes where this sort of thing happens, and there are a couple of people that come in and say, no, you're fired, you just lied, you're gone. Who's going to tell the friggin' truth? Because they won't do it. And she just goes on. We have uh, we have done the work from this administration by securing record, uh, record funding, and we are asking Congress for Congress it, to act. It, <laughs> you've done the work by getting funding that hasn't done anything. I'm just stating the obvious. Yeah, yeah. The problem just gets worse and worse and worse. Uh, we are not we are not asking for political stunts. We're, we continue to see political stunts from uh, many Republicans out there. And that's not how we're going to fix. Oh, you mean that one stunt where you had like 46 people die in the back of a semi? Mm-hmm. That stunt? No, that's not a stunt, you idiot. It's been a crisis and everyone knows that that's paid attention for a year and a half. 
These are terrible people. Uh, this issue, they want to, uh, they want to uh, secure the border. We've been doing that work on our own, and uh, we ask, we're asking them to, hey, you know what? There's an immigration reform plan that the president put out on the first day. They should work with us and do this in a bipartisan okay. way. Yeah, that's nope. just nonsense. No, just nonsense. Last night on Tucker, he had a reporter from the Daily Caller, Jorge Ventura, who shot footage down by El Paso where, you know, people just get dropped off all the time to just cross right on in. Of migrants waiting to get into the country illegally. We have migrants from all over. We met migrants from Ecuador, uh, Honduras, Nicaragua, Cuba right now. The majority are from Nicaragua. This line just continues to get longer, but the majority here, uh, Nicaragua, Venezuelans, Cubans, Ecuadorans who right now are waiting to get in. Yeah, because they all know it's open borders. That's what it is. I just don't understand. You know, I call me a simple man here, but you, you watch the videos. It's not some staged lot in Hollywood. This well, is no. real time happening right now. So how can you defend that? How can you go, well, you know, we're doing the work and, uh, you know, we're the, we're the border crisis, if they just did what they were supposed to do, this wouldn't have happening. I don't understand that. I mean, I can see it. I mean, this isn't complex. This you know, is a policy that has allowed people to come into the country unfettered for months. Well... And we just keep putting more incentives in place yeah. for people to come. David, you've said it so well. I don't know how many times. And this is how this will go down as well. There's no crisis at the border. It's not happening. When finally you have to admit that it's happening. Well, it should happen because we are about welcoming people. Yeah. They're asylum seekers, even though we know, what is it, 3% yeah. would ever qualify for asylum. But the dopes throughout this country that only get their news from Lester Holt don't freaking know that. Oh, yeah, we should have a heart for people. They don't understand what's going on. And, yes, it's frustrating because, as Jorge Ventura said, yes, it's a crisis. Right now we're seeing an absolute disaster here uh, in El Paso. I've been spending time on the Mexican side in Suarez Juarez, and I've been covering the border for a while, but what I've seen yesterday is something like I've never seen before. It was a massive, massive line around right now. 2,000 migrants on the border wall uh, on the other side of the El Paso border wall waiting to get into the country, and the majority of those migrants that I spoke to, Tucker, were from Nicaragua. Uh, they did confirm some of the things I was hearing from our sources, that different cartels are fighting over these migrants in the route to Suarez Juarez. Uh, the, the migrants mentioned to me that they've been extorted also by Mexican police. Also extorted by Mexican yeah. police. Yep. We don't care. No. As far as a country and the administration, what's happened to people on that journey? What happens to women? What happens to kids? They don't freaking care. There's human trafficking. It's a disgrace. And we don't have a media that will hold people accountable. It's, it's a really sad situation, man. I don't know what else you can say about it. People and people feel helpless. Who continue to lie about it. Yes. Just flat out lie about it. How can you not say it's an invasion? I don't know. I don't know, honestly. I mean, people are asking, why are we not sending the military? We can't have that amount of people come in. It's not safe for them. It's not safe for Americans. It, it is, man. It, it's so frustrating. Um, more on that a little bit later. Something else is a threat to democracy, apparently, David. What is yeah. this? Well, Elon Musk suspended the Twitter accounts of some reporters saying they were sharing his private flight information. And Elon Musk has said that amounts to doxing. And there was apparently a threat against one of his kids or something. And so uh, in Los Angeles, I think it was. 
Um, and what, dude, like, dove on the hood of the car? Yeah, on the yeah. hood of the car. Yeah. yeah. So Sarah Fisher, though, from Axios was on CNN this morning, and this is, honestly, I'm, I love this. This is just, like, Christmas came early for me. I love this. They had this struggle session saying that this puts democracy not just here but around the world at risk. Because those people got yeah. suspended from Twitter? Because Aaron Rupar and, oh, what's his name? Keith yeah, Olbermann. Keith Olbermann got, <laughs> got suspended from Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> they forgot about the New York Post? Yeah. And yes. the Hunter Biden story? Yes, And they everything did. else? Oh, my gosh. Okay, roll it. Other world leaders look to leaders in America, whether they're politicians or business leaders, to implement <laughs> tactics that go against the free press to hold their power. That's where this is going to have the most chilling effect. Other world leaders are going to look at social media platforms in their countries and say, well, you know, Elon Musk is targeting journalists, creating ad hoc policies. We can do the same thing. <laughs> it's chilling for That's others right. in the world. That's targeting right. Targeting journalists. <laughs> Golly. <laughs> These clueless people. But I think where it has the most chilling effect is that Twitter journalists in the United States are also leveraged around the world. People Ooh. around the world rely on us to tell them what's happening here well, because it impacts well, their democracies and impacts their countries. Then they're host. Yeah, they're screwed. If they're counting on you. That's, yeah. That's hilarious. They're using Twitter to run their countries? <laughs> the hell does that mean? <laughs> well, it's the honest information that only those journalists can give. Oh, right. okay. <laughs> you know. And if journalists here have a chilling effect, don't feel comfortable posting on Twitter, it impacts not just our democracy and the people here, but the people around the world. You're not kicked off yet. I am not kicked off. Is it, are, not you, are you um, nervous? Does it make you think twice about what you post in a way you wouldn't have thought yesterday this time? I'm not changing my behavior whatsoever. No. I'm reporting the truth, and if that yeah. gets me banned, then that gets me banned. What a warrior she is. I All right, good, then banner. Let's go. Today. Ba basically, this is like someone who was reporting from the front lines of World War II or Vietnam. She is putting on the flak jacket. She's got the helmet on, and she is hunkering <laughs> down in the trenches of Twitter. And I'm going to keep reporting no matter what and if elon musk comes for me that's fine because i believe in protecting democracy <laughs> this is hilarious it is man wow <laughs> these people don't understand when people talk about different generations and the just i know it's been said a million times the wussification of generations one to the next to the next and it gets worse i don't know if there's a better example than that and just no self-awareness mm -hmm. whatsoever now the only thing missing from that was lives at risk which is another good one they use all the time well it's chilling and for the children yeah well yes those two things the only thing missing she'll catch up i'm sure i'm sure so then elon musk did what david yeah well he had a little town hall on twitter last night or or he was invited to one i should say it's a uh, feature called Twitter Spaces, apparently, where people can go and talk, actually. Uh, and Elon Musk explained his position. Okay, roll it. Well, everyone's going to be treated the same. They're not special because you're a journalist. You're, you're just, you're, you're a Twitter, you're, just, you're a citizen. Um, so, uh, no special treatment. Um, you, dox, you dox, you get suspended. 
and a story. Elon, I have to ask, I mean, I think what everyone's wondering is it, it's highly unusual for journalists at the Washington Post and the New York Times to be have their Twitter accounts suspended. And it just so happens that it's, you know, the, the, the boss in charge, you know. Uh, so, you know, what's the deal there? Oh, I think... I think Elon has uh, has left. <laughs> <laughs> Time to go. I bet he did, because that's the dumbest question I've ever heard. But it's highly unusual that we get banned. Well, maybe it should have happened sooner then, huh? I'm sorry. I'm not pouring one out for these people who cheered when a sitting president of the United States was banned while leadership from Iran talking about exterminating Jews was allowed to still tweet. I'm not going to sit here and feel sorry for these entitled, spoiled, silver spoon trust fund kid brats. No, absolutely <laughs> not. You've lied to people. You were fine when it was Miranda Devine in the New York Post. That's okay, because they're the bad people, see? Right, yeah. Or if someone was questioning Fauci or the vaccines or COVID or lockdowns and they got shut down, see, that was okay because we were controlling the narrative. But this is so weird now it's unusual. because it's the Washington Post and New York Times. Still waiting, I'm still waiting for someone's kid to have had a dream about it, a nightmare. <laughs> My three-year-old daughter, Baby Chuck, looked up at me and said, Elon Musk literally owns the libs. <laughs> and I've never been prouder of baby Chuck. Gosh dang, man. All right, good. Yeah, that's that's funny stuff. Okay. There's a lot to get to. Oh, a new school board in California. They're conservative. Uh, first meeting. We're banning critical race theory. Ah, the freakout's on. Get to that much more. Coming up right here. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Democracy is at risk. <laughs> <laughs> Elon Musk. What about the children? <laughs> well, there's some more weeping and wailing in California. You know, we talk about California. It's usually not good. No. We talk to different friends, people we know there. There's a lot of things that are very frustrating in that state. But this is good news. Um, don't know if you heard about the school board uh, that was just elected. They had their first meeting, and they're conservative. And first meeting, they banned critical race theory. Good. Well. Not happening here. Is it Temecula Valley? Go with it. Uh, yeah, sure. I'm sure I, I need to go back to school to learn how to pronounce that. Temecula was an all-state basketball player. Right there you go. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, the first night said, Dr. Joseph uh, Komrowski said, I ran my campaign making promises to my future constituents, and tonight I want to make good on those campaign promises. And they did. This is the first one. That's campaign promise, CRT gone. We got other stuff that uh, we're going to be going after. It would be a good thing for so many Americans to know our schools are going to get back to teaching kids academics. Mm-hmm. Not the CRT, not a bunch of trans activist stuff. I mean, we're falling behind in pretty much every subject on a world scale. Yet no one seems to want to talk about that. It's all of these other issues. This starts with school board elections, though, as you pointed out. And David has said this before. Even though the midterms were a big disappointment for a whole lot of conservatives... Not on a local level. No, local level. I mean, when you have people who are running strictly on the issues that matter, 
mm-hmm. that they can actually control because your congressman isn't going to be able to control what happens in your school district. But when they're not happy with the school curriculum, when they're not happy with what they've seen out of some of their educators, and especially, as you mentioned, if they feel like their kids are falling behind, then they care a whole hell of a lot about what the school board race is going to do. Yes. And, you know, it was interesting. We were talking the other day, the story of how different um, states were using the funding as far as what they got, as far as COVID funds to yeah. help improve schools because they needed new HVAC. Yeah. It was just the air is terrible to find out, well, how many schools actually did that? Did that? Well, not a lot. A lot of that money went to salaries and administration and the unions and everything else. Like what was predicted from right. a lot of people yeah. early on, even though they were saying we can't open the schools again until we got clean air. Yeah. People are at risk. And I heard from a friend of mine that said, hey, I'll be talking to you this weekend. Wait till I tell you what our school district did with their money. Can't wait to hear that story. I bet a lot of people have those. You know, hit Robin's up on Facebook, on yeah. our Facebook page. How many mascots uniforms did they buy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if, you've, if you've seen many lately at high schools, I don't think much. I don't think the funds went there. Um, speaking of students, remember the school... What is it, Halton School District in Canada, where you had that teacher with the massive fake breasts? I mean, just yeah. ridiculous looking. Yeah. He was a dude who, or is a dude, who likes to perform his personal sexual fetish in front of children. Yes. Yeah. They're Z-size implants. Z? That's right. Yes. It doesn't go any higher, right? Double Z. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I think. I mean, if they get any bigger, how can you walk? ZZ. If you haven't seen this person, I don't know. How would you explain it? Oh. I mean, they. Well, it's this dude has comically large prosthetic yes. breasts hanging off of his chest. I mean, it, they, it looks like two beach balls hanging out, including the protruding fake nipples. Right. Yes. I don't it's know creepy. if you've heard the latest because people are saying this is ridiculous. How can this person be a teacher? Well, the the people there in charge have fought for his, her rights, whatever, to identify as they identify. But they do say now uh, no students will be able to take any photos of this teacher or video, not in class. They'll be threatened with suspension. Okay. Can't do it. Because video had circulated last week of the teacher walking down the hallway on crutches with a cast on her right foot. Because she was substitute teaching. But what is the problem with the photos or video in class? What if people want to know what's going on in the class? You can't oh, take video? No. Can't do that. Says who? Respect his sexual fetish that he likes That's to right. perform in front of children. Unreal. Okay. He's got a bookshelf, though. He can <laughs> set his planner on there. Okay. The COVID vaccine. Marty McCary on a research project from Germany. Next. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay. We're still trying to figure out, okay, as far as the mRNA vaccines, they're safe. We're told they work. We're still being told that they work. Mm -hmm. Though there are a lot of individuals around the United States and the world saying, hey, I did what I was supposed to do. It didn't work. Yeah, but it kept you out of the hospital and it kept you from dying. At that point, you're just sort of taking somebody's word for that. You're not quite sure. You know, there's more research that needs to be done. 
And there's a lot of research always being done around the world. And there was a study out of Germany just recently. And if you've noticed, as far as our media, when these studies are done, we don't report on them that much. Kind of go, got to go yeah. looking for them. But someone who's always willing to talk about it, at least it seems, is Dr. Marty McCary from Johns Hopkins. And he was asked about the latest German study, because it certainly talked about myocarditis. It talked about sudden death for some people. Mm -hmm. If I remember right, there were five. doesn't sound like much. But he was asked, and this was reported on from Daily Wire, um, you know, what do you take away from the German study on this. So an interesting study where they did a thorough autopsy of people who were found dead outside of the hospital setting after the vaccine, immediately after the vaccine. And what they found is that it was a vaccine-related death in five individuals studied. That is that there was signs of immune cells infiltrating the heart. Now, we've known this previously as myocarditis, and this study confirms that it can cause death, and the vaccine is the direct cause in these five instances. Okay. So it's brought up in the interview. Okay. Well, this was rolled out quickly all around the world. How concerned should we be about five, say, in this study? Well, this is the interesting risk-benefit ratio that we have to calculate when we make recommendations as doctors. And the reality is that if you're a very high-risk person of dying of COVID, then yes, it's still very much worth it to get the vaccine given COVID's high infection fatality rate in that high-risk population. But when you're talking about young, healthy children, that's when things can change. And so right now, it appears as if the risk of myocarditis in young, healthy males in particular, is greater than the risk of COVID, especially if they already had COVID and had natural immunity. That's why some parts of the world do not recommend the COVID vaccine in children. We don't know if anyone has even died of COVID who's young and healthy. The CDC won't provide those statistics. In one study in Germany, actually, they found that no healthy child between the ages of 5 and 17 have died of COVID. So why do they still recommend it in the United States? That, that's not like Germany just found that out. Yeah. Those Ooh. studies have been replicated. And the ads are all over TV again for that fourth one, you know, the holiday party. Yes. Everywhere. And again, from what he's saying, okay, you're at risk. Makes sense. Okay. Again, man, I just want to know what the truth is. That's it. it. I, I know. I mean, we're all trying to figure out what it is because everyone has betrayed the trust in these institutions yeah. that we're supposed to, well, trust. Starting with the top. That's what I'm saying. Yes, sir. But the fact that we're still pushing the vaccines on healthy kids when it's study after study that says it's not necessary. Yeah, we don't recommend it. I just don't understand that. Yeah. You need to get your kids vaccinated, David. Um, I know you've been. No, told. I mean, they've been vaccinated for everything else. They even got a flu shot last week. I mean, don't have a problem with with getting them certain shots. It's just isn't just, it funny, though, because if you say you're not interested in the MRNA and yeah. the COVID vax for your kids, that means you're an anti-vaxxer. Yeah, it's very interesting how that works. <laughs> and it's it's kind of like the 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 excuse that I hear people falling back on is well if they get covid and give it to somebody else 
uh, then that could be dangerous, except the va- that, that excuse goes out the window because the vaccine doesn't stop you from getting or spreading it. So what difference does it make for the little ones? Right. Well, and there were other studies that kids don't pass it as much as adults. Mm-hmm. You're trying to keep every study in your head when it would be nice to just be able to trust an official to say, all right, here's the deal. And in your situation, this is the best way to go. But now we can't trust anybody. And that, at least in my mind, is on them because they lied to us Mm -hmm. so many different times. Well, and they're wondering why people aren't uh, going out and getting flu shots at rates that we've normally seen. And and it is because the trust is gone. You're absolutely right. Not saying it's right or wrong or or anything. I mean, you got to make your own decisions when it comes to anything you put in your body. But like that, that's what happens if somebody's like, well, you lied to me about this. And so I'm not going to go get this. Right. It's a real shame. It is. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Oh. It's that time of day. We're looking at stories all the time. May not be the biggest story, but it got your attention. What's your story, David? Yeah. So <laughs> speaking of trust and people in, in positions of authority, uh, the CDC deleted a reference to a study that it commissioned after a group of gun control advocates complained it made passing new restrictions more difficult. I read about this in the uh, in the Reload, a great blog that a guy named Stephen Gutowski does. Um, and this is building off of an article that came out a while back from The Trace, another uh, uh, gun-centered news outlet. Mm-hmm. And so what happened was the Reload actually got their hands on internal communications that went in. So there was a study that suggested that there were as many as 60,000 to maybe even 2.5 million instances of uh, gun-related self-defense situations in this country, which, I mean, even on the low end, 60,000 belies what the activists have said for a long time. Well, it never happens. Somebody uses a gun to defend themselves successfully. All that kind of they they never want to talk about that. And then when you have one researcher at a Florida State University saying, "Well, you know, it could be that we have two and a half million uh, such instances where somebody uses a gun in self-defense, which would not be what you think of with gun violence, somebody being shot, right? because in that case it's justifiable. It's not a crime that was committed." Um, and so there was a lobbying campaign that went on for months and months, and the CDC initially was standing by keeping the study as part of its fast facts, right? Because they say, well, if we're really trying to get to the bottom of gun violence and crime in this country, we have to provide all of the information that we have gathered in order to draw a reasonable conclusion. Well, a bunch of activists say, if you say that some people use guns for good things, then we can't pass laws because now these right-wing gun toters who want to kill children (laughs) are citing this. And the CDC scrubbed it. (laughs) After a while, they stopped defending it, and they scrubbed it. Wow. Okay. You know, before we get to Scott's story, I don't have numbers in front of me. I'm just thinking out loud, David, and you actually might have numbers. Um the amount of times where someone does use a gun in self-defense, mm-hmm. how many times do those stories make national stories? Oh, almost never. Almost never. When it's gun violence in the inner city, 
as an example, black-on-black murder. How often do we hear about that? Unless it was, they always take the macro view. So if it was a particularly deadly weekend in Chicago, for example, then news outlets will cover that. But just on a day-in-day well, day basis, no. <laughs> yeah. No, and you look at the amount of gun deaths. And I always think to myself, and maybe it's a crazy thought. You tell me if it's kind of nutty. I always think the way national media covers gun death is racist. Sure it is. Because what takes the most life? It's black-on-black crime with guns. But they don't want to talk about it. Why? Why? Why not try to protect people? That's what you say this is about. No, because they've, they've been conditioned to think that disarming law-abiding citizens is the only solution to solving gun deaths. You know, but, uh, but I, and I'm not saying every time, and I don't have numbers in front of me, but w- you, Scott, I have followed this a number of different cities when you see the stats. How often are one of those deaths from someone that has a legally owned firearm. Oh, it's um, like almost never. I mean, really, it's so there was. Uh, I there, mean, rare. Yeah, there, there's uh, been some analysis on this with concealed carry permits in Texas and Florida, which is, I think, it's concealed carry permit holders are convicted of crimes at like one seventh the rate, or no, it was one twelfth the rate of police officers. So it's already fairly rare for a police officer to be convicted of a crime. Mm. And so really the person who goes through the process of getting a concealed carry permit is not a guy that's going to go and knock over a liquor store. And he's right. not somebody who's going to walk into a school and kill a bunch of people. That right. that, that it, it makes no sense. Why would you go through that process of getting a permit just to go kill a bunch of people? But the effort to get illegal guns off the streets yeah. in our cities is almost never there, it seems. Yeah. It's crazy. All right, you know Scott, what Doug, what's your story? No, oh, okay. Um, well, because our government right now is flush with cash, you know that, we're doing really great. Uh, the balance sheet looks good this year. The Biden administration has awarded $18.6 million in funding to the TSA within the FY22 omnibus appropriations to implement non-binary screening processes at airports. What does that mean? Well, the millions of taxpayer dollars will be used to modify advanced imaging technology used in airport checkpoints to provide increased accuracy and efficiency, according to them. By replacing the current gender-based AIT system, this new, more accurate technology will also advance civil rights and improve the customer experience of travelers who previously have been required to undergo additional screening for their alarms in <clears throat> south of the border. Currently, the TSA agents press a pink button for a female traveler or a blue button for a male airline traveler before they do the full body scan. And apparently, alarm bells have been going off a few times that require additional screening. <laughs> it's like that scene from Spinal Tap, right, where they're taking the cucumber yeah. out of his pants. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right. And apparently the additional screening can be somewhat uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> what is that down there, boy? Um, yeah. My story today, I'll make it quick. Um, maybe you saw this. The dude that jumped on stage at the Hollywood Bowl and attacked Dave Chappelle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sentenced to 270 days in jail. Um, guy's name Isaiah Lee 
pleaded no contest to misdemeanor counts of battery entering a restricted area during a live event. That's when he tackled Chappelle. Security ran him down. They beat him down pretty good. He was carrying a knife with a handle shaped like a gun. If you remember, uh, this dude told police he was bisexual and was upset with Dave's recent comments about the LGBTQ community. Now I'm thinking about that guy, and then I'm thinking about the dude that was, you know, taking a hammer to Paul Pelosi. Yep. What did he identify as? I can't even remember. I, I don't think he identified. I think he is identifies as a guy. That listens to a fairy. Yeah, he listens to an invisible bird fairy. That's yeah, the invisible bird fairy, which is not necessarily a friend, an acquaintance, more, uh, and, and maybe a frenemy kind of thing. Because apparently, the bird fairy did something bad to one of his friends. But all that aside, I do believe he identifies as a man because he is a man. Okay, is he a part of the community? I I. I have no idea. Maybe I was just thinking that because the, I always think of the plus. Yeah. Well, it might well, include like people, bird fairy listeners or something. People <laughs> with bird fairies that live in school buses. Yeah, yeah sure. Okay. That could be but, a plus. You never know. I just want to make sure that the reporting's fair, that we talk about violence from these folks as well. That's right. Okay. And I'm thinking to myself, well, you know, for tackling the guy like this, 270 days in jail, you know, a lot of times in big cities... I mean, you could shoot somebody in the leg and be out later in the day. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, at least there's some sort of punishment there. So, I guess that's an improvement. Our right. ferry's got to do time with him. Oh, gosh, that's terrible. News update straight ahead. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Border strategy's been successful. <laughs> that's, you say that, most people laugh. Yeah, that, that's... People at the White House actually friggin' say it. Yeah, yeah, oh, they yeah. did. So we've got a big problem on our hands, obviously. It's been going on since Joe Biden took office, and it's going to get a whole lot worse because that health order, Title 42, is ending next week, and we're talking about 14,000 border crossings a day. That's the estimate. Uh, so the White House press secretary, Corinne Jean-Pierre, was asked how they plan to handle that. And she says, well, <laughs> we've already done a lot of work here. Okay, we've already done the work, and we're going to continue to do the work. She handles these press conferences about as well as we handle the border. <laughs> Piss poor. Moving forward, expect us to continue leaning in on our successful uh, strategies like these. and like. Our <laughs> okay, you're fired. You're freaking <laughs> Fire. I'll tell you what would make this, though, is a laugh track behind it when she says that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like some sitcom or something. Somewhere. You know what? I I wonder if that's the only way, seriously, I could deal. We got messages before when we talk about this topic. I know. And I got to tell you, I'm no professional broadcaster when it comes to this stuff, okay? I I get too mad. I can barely put a sentence together. I know. I'm afraid I'm going to say a bunch of things that are going to get us in trouble. That's why David's hand is on the dump button. Seriously, man. The president yep. should be in jail. Biden should be in jail for not doing his job. We have laws. He won't do anything about it. 
Not to mention the Dorcas, Mayorkas. He's a joke. The border is closed. You have all these Democrats. No one wants to admit there's a problem unless they're in Arizona or Texas. No, oh, no, it's fine. Oh, yeah, forget all of the pain and suffering from all these people, or even the ones that you say you love so much that are trying to come up from Guatemala, Nicaragua, and what the cartels are doing to them, not to mention the Mexican police. Yeah. There I go again. All right, I'll try something here. Go ahead and roll it. Moving forward, expect us to continue leaning in on our successful uh, strategies like these and like our parole program for Venezuela nationals, which has drastically reduced the number of Venezuelans attempting to enter unlawfully and will continue to drive messaging in the region to counter disinformation from smugglers. So that's another thing uh, that we, you know, we have to keep. I asked for people to provide laughter. They couldn't do it. This is too maddening. They we actually tried. could not we do tried. it. Uh, that we, you know, we have to keep an eye on is how the misinformation that's going to be going out to smugglers uh, in the next couple of days. And so we have to make sure we'll work together with all of you, our team will, to make sure that that doesn't happen because uh, that is one of the big issues that we're seeing when it comes to uh, migrants uh, trying to cross the border. Disinformation is? Yeah. Well, and what they're talking about is because what cartels will do is they'll take... Yeah. They'll take actual sentences that the president or somebody else says and say, see, Joe's going to make you a citizen. Here's step one. Don't give them the fodder. Quit talking about pathway to citizenship for illegal immigrants. Just stop, stop proposing that. They won't do it, of course, because they apparently like what's happening at the southern border. They have to. They have to like it said it for a long time yeah i mean there's no other way around that's just what she just said right there is lie after lie after lie after lie okay i mean you think about arizona right now so we have the federal government suing arizona why david oh because they've they stacked up uh shipping containers at the border right yeah and it's been successful to say see how fast we can get this done we can't take the inflow of people anymore our citizens are at risk. It's not fair to anybody. We got to do something. Shipping containers? No, it doesn't look great, but it's better than nothing, right? Federal government says, nope, that's, that's federal land. You can't do that. We're suing you. You're not doing your job. What are they supposed to do? Well, what they're supposed to do is just Let take make, it. Let right. people in. Sorry about your citizens that they're at risk. Tough. We're going to no. sue a state. For attempting to stop lawbreaking. Yes. Unbelievable. I, I know. Let that sink in for a minute. I know. And it's been going on forever, and it, it just doesn't we stop. We can't allow you to stop people from breaking the law. We must step in. <sighs> yeah, I know. Holy smoke. Enough of her. Okay, we got to move on. Um, Moving forward, expect no. us to continue leaning in on successful uh, strategies like these and like our parole program for Venezuelan nationals, which has drastically reduced the number of Venezuelans attempting to enter the country and will continue to drive messaging in the region to counter misinformation from smugglers. So okay, thing. I'm starting to uh, find the entertainment. What we have to keep an eye on is how the misinformation that's going to be going out to smugglers uh, in the next couple of days. And so we have to make sure we'll work together with all of you, our team will, to make sure that that doesn't happen because uh, that is one of the issues. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's better. Good idea. That works. Okay. Uh, By the way, 
uh, let's just get all this out at one time, talking about the border. Yeah. The Dorcas, Homeland Security Secretary, Alejandro Mayorkas. Yes. Said what to people? Yeah, well, apparently he really ticked off some Border Patrol folks when he went and traveled to El Paso uh, because it wasn't, he wasn't there to talk about the border crisis. He was there to raise awareness for suicide prevention. And granted, that's a that's a that's a worthy topic uh, of, of conversation, uh, especially when you have people in high stress situations like the border patrol. Wrong messenger, though, because he is partially responsible for the increase in stress uh, on men and women in law enforcement trying to protect the homeland. Now. Uh, according to a senior Border Patrol agent in El Paso talking to the Washington Examiner, when he stated, this is what the person said, when Mayorkas stated he was here to bring light to suicide prevention and nothing about the migrant crisis, our staff couldn't believe it and made it known to him. They then asked him why he's saying the border is secure when we have no agents in the field. He had the nerve to respond that he never said the border was secure. <laughs> um, the border, the border is secure. He said it multiple times. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. So my message to you is, hey, this isn't uh, something to kill yourself over. Okay. Right. Uh, don't even think of. Just let people in. All right. And just be okay with it. I know you're going to have a lot of paperwork. You're not actually doing the job you signed up for. But you know, just take it. Gosh dang, man. Terrible people. All the way around. Okay. I'm moving on, man. We're going to go to other things. I know, I know. You have that look on your face like you have four more takes. I, I don't. I just, it's, it's frustrating. It's just numbing to me that, again, this plays out in front of us. Yes. I mean, this is some something someone it's, conjured up about, you know, what's going on inside Beijing. It may or may not be accurate. We see this. It's history. It's forever changing. We watch it country. happening. It's an invasion. There are yes. people actually there that are going, yeah, boy, look at this. You know, to deny it's happening or to say it's fixed or we're working on fixing it is a lie. Absolutely. It's just patently it's... a freaking lie. Okay. All right, that's it. Go on. Well, David, you had an early Christmas gift, and it was a story that was unfolding last night. Yeah, it's beautiful. And this is part of that. Yeah, so Elon Musk suspended the Twitter accounts of some reporters saying they were sharing his private flight information, which amounts to doxing. Now, one of the tricks that they've been pulling is saying, well, this is publicly available information. Well, not really. Uh, Yeah, you can can check uh, flight plans and things like that, but the the call sign or whatever the verbiage is for his jet, that was a private code that some kid, a 20-year-old now, I guess, uh, figured out a couple years ago and then was has been giving updates online. Well, after Elon Musk's kid was threatened by some nut job, he was like, "Okay, enough of that. We're not going to we're not going to allow people to share this type of information because it does put people's safety at risk. You would not want your personal goings about to be broadcasted all over the world." Um, but it's incredible now to see so many people who were just fine with the New York Post being censored in 2020 suddenly start to freak out. Here's a conversation uh, between CNN's Oliver Darcy and Sarah Fisher from Axios. Okay. Darcy and what's the other name? Sarah Fisher. Sarah Fisher. 
she holds herself in such high regard. Yeah. Go ahead. Journalists are willing to listen to rules if they really are consistent. The challenge here is there is no consistency. I think this is going to have a major chilling effect, actually, on Twitter, because now there, there, there are no rules. Dude, this is like a second clip we've heard. I've heard chilling four times. Oh, yeah, These yeah. bedwetters need to find a counselor, man. Now there, there, there are no rules. It's clear there are no rules if you... Irritate Elon Musk, you can get banned from the platform. And when do companies like Apple or Amazon that advertise on Twitter say, hey, we do not want to be associated with Here a platform go. that censors the press? As long and as news it gets companies. people to watch. And news, news companies, companies are well. some of the biggest advertisers on Twitter. How are they supposed to continue to promote their stories Unreal. and spend money on this platform when the leader of it is banning their journalists? Yep. Yep. All right. So, So it's like, what, half a dozen journalists or so who got suspended and they'll get their accounts back. Yeah, and suddenly this is just this awful, horrible thing. How are news outlets supposed to continue to promote the platform when, when, when their journalists are being banned? I mean, that. Well, talk to the New York Post, America's oldest newspaper, was shut down at random. They shoehorned a reason in. They took, they deplatformed a sitting president of the United States, even though he had not violated any rules. Actually, they made it up. And took Donald Trump off of Twitter. Not to the mention lives part, of TikTok. They made it up. The other part of this that is so hilarious to me. The other day, when the Twitter files started coming out, and we saw behind the scenes of what was happening there, and who was getting shadow banned, and who was getting booted off the platform. And at the time, when all that was happening, people are saying, what, what about free speech? So this massive story happens with the Twitter files, ported from Matt Taibbi and uh, Barry Weiss. Well, one used to be at Rolling Stone, the other at the failing New York Times. Okay, massive story ignored by legacy media, and now they're wetting the bed eh, with democracy. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's incredible, hilarious. man. Mm-hmm. You don't cover the news when it happens. Are, are, are and then you, you do something that breaks the rules, and you're going to have a fit. Are, are you familiar with the account Duty to Warn? This no. is It's a group of, no joke, it's a group of mental health professionals who are trying to combat Trumpism. They need counseling <laughs> as well. Wow. Now, here's what they said as okay. Twitter was suspending these accounts. Last night, in a bloodbath... Twitter purged en masse mainstream journalists who cover Elon Musk. I'm reminded of Kristallnacht. Free speech was the second big lie. This is what bare-knuckled fascism looks like. Oh, my goodness. Like, almost 100 people died in Kristallnacht, okay? Nobody died last night because Elon Musk took away their toy for a a few days. We do. We have a lot of mentally unstable Wow. Not to mention a lot of brainwashed people. Holy smokes, man. Okay. You know, and speaking of Twitter, I mentioned this before. (laughs) There were other people that got shadow banned or taken off the platform for talking about COVID, just facts about COVID or vaccines. One of those is back and talking about the experience. It's really interesting. We'll get to that and a whole lot more coming up right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, so we were talking about, you know, different 
legacy journalist freaking out because Twitter suspended somebody from the Washington Post that most people had never heard of before yeah. and a few other people, Keith Olbermann. <laughs> and, yeah, I know. They're all freaking out about it. I get it. Meanwhile, people forget, as we've talked about, the New York Post, the Hunter Biden story, all that was booted from Twitter. And then you had people in the medical field talking about COVID, talking about lockdowns, talking about the vaccine. And they might have been shadow banned. They could be blacklisted, sometimes booted. One of those people was Dr. Jay Bhattacharya from Stanford. I mean, it's not like this guy's some hack. He's well-decorated. Right. So he's on Tucker's show last night uh, talking about, yes, when he, when he joined Twitter, he was immediately blacklisted. And you're like, well, how does that happen? And he was explaining part of this last night. It's a case I've been involved with involving the Attorney General's Office of Missouri and Louisiana and uh, the NCLA, this New Civil Liberties Alliance, where we found that government actors across a dozen federal agencies were in contact with Twitter, with social media, telling these social agencies, social media uh, companies, what to censor, in many cases, who to censor regarding COVID information. It was a, it was a policy designed to make sure the American public did not hear that there were other alternative scientific views than just lockdown, lockdown, lockdown. And these bedwetters today want to talk about a threat to democracy. Yes. That's a freaking joke. Of course it is. And I want to play one other clip of what he said is I think this was the most important part. What they wanted to do, and this I think is government actors and also some so the you know, old, verse, old media, uh, old, old uh, owners of Twitter, they wanted to create this illusion of consensus about the science That's right. uh, exactly. that didn't actually exist. Uh, they wanted to fool people into thinking that we were following the science, when in fact there was a robust debate among scientists about what the right thing to do was. And the consequence is schools closed. By the way, you know what that reminds me of? Is when you would talk to doctors. Like yeah. off the record about stuff, and they would tell you something completely different than what the national doctors were saying. Businesses closed. Uh, p- uh, unvaccinated people lost their jobs uh, even because of mandates, even though none of the science actually, not, none of the persuasive science actually supported any of those positions. Uh, people suffered as a consequence of this censorship, and uh, it, it, you know, of course, it's an abstract violation of my civil rights, my First Amendment rights. But that's not the important thing. The important thing is that. People, American people were denied a debate, an honest debate. And I believe that had that honest debate taken place, none of those policies would have been put in place and all of that suffering could have been avoided. Not only that, we wouldn't have the division we have back then and to this day about vaccines, about a whole lot of different Mm -hmm. things. Because people are brainwashed and that's what (laughs) national media and the government wanted to happen. Wow. But, I mean, how many people are going to get that information now? Well, it happens all the time. I mean, you look at the climate change discussion that happens. I mean, it's like scientific consensus. You know, climate change is making uh, hurricanes more frequent and more deadly. Well, the science actually doesn't say that. No, it doesn't. Um, Or, you know, there were tornadoes in North Texas. In December, climate change. Actually, December outside of the spring is the most active month for tornadoes. And it has been since the 1800s. Climate denier! (laughs) Well, they're selling this like they used to sell toothpaste. Four out of five scientists. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Biggest story of the day, if you had to pick one, David. Maybe I'm personal stereoing this a little bit, but it really is the absolute meltdown we're seeing among journalists because they got a taste of their own medicine on Twitter that 
<laughs> few of them get booted because they were tracking or they were uh, sharing links that w- would have uh, led to somebody being able to see where uh, Elon Musk was flying. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you're talking about what third world dictators are going to hear about this and suddenly become worse? Yeah. Well, okay. there's something else, man. And I know you don't, you haven't heard much about this yet. It was on Tucker's show last night about the CIA definitely being involved in the murder of JFK. <laughs> wow. We get to that coming up. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, Gen Xer. The millennial David Van Camp, the sexy boomer, Scott Robbins. Scott yep. Robbins with a news update. Well, the wow. Trump, Trump trading cards are sold out. As predicted on this show yesterday by one Jamie Markley, they'll sell out. $99 to pop, gone. I, think, I mean, I was on that, too, and I think you, you were, were the odd man out on that. I was. One, I'm Scott. like, who's buying these? But, okay, there you go. Scott? I know. Listen, I, I apologize because I honestly thought, who is going to do this? But uh, apparently a lot of people did. I still don't think it was the right move for him politically. Nope. When you're saying I got a big announcement, I know there were other things, but that seemed like the announcement. The timing, I don't think was so good, but uh, yeah, I'm like, people will buy that, dude. James! No, I said people would buy it. I wonder if he'll get a table at one of those shows where he'll sign them. No. Like Trump from two to five, $35 for an autograph. <laughs> Wait a second. Is it a digital thing or is it? It's digital. It it's is. just digital. Yeah. Yeah, it's, How are you going to sign that? Well, you can't. You could digitally sign it. How? I don't know. It does have digital signatures everywhere, right? <laughs> I don't know yeah, how. I, so. I don't know how the magic works. I just know it does. Um, also happening today, a huge aquarium in Berlin exploded. But not from an explosive. It just crashed? Yeah, well, still waiting to hear more information on this. But there's a huge saltwater aquarium that's in a hotel in Berlin. It's a big tourist attraction at that hotel. Uh, and it's filled with 265,000 gallons of water. They got 1,500 fish in there, or had 1,500 fish in there, and it uh, it broke. I mean, apparently there was this big loud noise in uh, that was reported in the area around 5:45 a.m. local time, and the fire department was alerted by an automatic alarm uh, in this complex. And, uh, well, uh, they walk in, and there's fish flopping all over the floor. Oh, there's water oh, everywhere. Wow. Uh, got the, those little bags almost immediately and put them in there as many as they could. Well, no, they uh, the fish didn't make it. Damn. I hate to tell you. Carnage. Yeah, it was. They, I, I, I don't know. I Is don't, that something that just happens with aquariums? Like yeah. They just give way at some point? I, I, I don't know. They did. They had done some sort of uh, work on it a couple of years ago. But I, I don't know. If you ever had an aquarium that just gave way, hit up Robbins on Facebook. We had a uh, when I was a kid, little kid, smaller kid, like six, seven, eight years old. My dad put a four foot above ground pool up in our backyard, right? And my dad was meticulous about this stuff. I mean, it was it was crystal clear blue. It was everything. My job was to go out every day and skim it, take the bugs out and whatever, right? So I go out there. And I'm skimming, and all of a sudden, it just gives way. Four feet of water goes, woo! Oh, you leaned over it too much. I don't know. I don't think so. Because ah, ah, I know I'm dead. I'm a dead man, right? I'm dead. He comes up, what in the hell is going on? Got water. I stand in my yard three feet deep. What? 
See, now you need counseling. Yeah, I know. Because a story about an aquarium in Berlin yeah, should Triggered not bring it. back these awful memories from your childhood, All I can bro. see is just me out there, a little guy skimming it, and all of a sudden the side <laughs> gives way and water goes rushing into the yard. My dad's out of his mind. He thought you leaned into it. What'd you do? I don't know. Can uh, you admit it right now? You leaned into it. I didn't. Did I don't think I did. I don't know. Maybe, but God, if it couldn't stand me <laughs> leaning into it, it's a big trouble anyway. <laughs> okay. Oh, God, that ended the pool thing in the yard, by the way. Sorry. Okay. Moving on to news organizations. They're freaking out today. David loves this story. Before we get to the CIA being involved in the JFK murder. Yeah. Which is kind of a big deal. Yeah. Well, CNN's Oliver Darcy says the future of the free press is on the line now that Elon Musk has suspended the Twitter accounts of a few reporters who were sharing uh, access to information about where his private plane was going uh no there's hope about free speech now that elon musk has twitter no, you no, have no. it backwards you okay. you know our news organizations going to stand by as the reporters are just you know hastily banned without explanation uh cnn is saying it's going to reevaluate its relationship with twitter based on the response it gets i want to read you the full statement allison Please. it says um what happened to their old argument, which was, it's a private company? Yeah, no no well, right yeah, is absolute. They, yeah. You know? Can't yell they fire. They can do what they want. Absolutely. Can't All yell, of a sudden, that's out the window, isn't it? Can't yell fire in a crowded movie theater. We've heard that lie so many times. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. The impulsive and unjustified suspension of a number of reporters, including CNN's Donnie Sullivan, is concerning but not surprising. And it goes on to say Twitter's increasing instability and volatil- volatility should have should be of incredible concern for en- everyone who uses Twitter. And then it goes on to say, oh, we've asked Twitter for an explanation, and we will reevaluate our relationship based on that response. And I think it's so important to point out that Twitter really needs or really relies on news. I mean, that's what's what, the kind of the lifeblood of and Twitter. Events. They're all on Twitter. The self-importance, man. Yeah. It, it'll be just fine. All right. And you're right, David. One of the funniest things was Elon Musk telling those people last night, you're not any more important than anybody else. Same rules for everybody. (laughs) Man, is that funny. Okay, I'll try to set this up the best I can. I saw this on Tucker's show last night. And, you know, you tune into Tucker Carlson. Sometimes at the beginning of a show, you don't know quite what he's going to start the show with. You can predict but I don't know that anybody predicted last night was going to be the CIA being involved in the murder of John F. Kennedy. And this has been going on for years, talk of what happened with JFK. You know, was it an inside job, all of that? Lee Harvey Oswald, he acted alone. No, he didn't. There's been movies, endless talk about it. So he is setting this up last night. And, you know, interested and it's going along. And he gets to the part where was April of 1964 and this was uh, right after Jack Ruby then shot Lee Harvey Oswald yeah and there was a psychiatrist named was it Louis Joyland West visited Jack Ruby in his isolation cell in a Dallas jail and uh, according to West's written assessment he found that Jack Ruby was technically insane But it's weird because no one else thought Jack Ruby was crazy. But this guy said, no, he's insane. But what Wes didn't say was that he was working for the CIA at the time. 
I have the transcript of last night. I can play Tucker. I'm actually saying it himself, or I can tell you what he said. What do you prefer, David? Uh, yeah, we can just hear uh, Tucker lay it out a little bit. Saying he's better at that than me? Well, he... I would, yes. <laughs> like 80 times better. Go I'm, ahead. I'm but, saying he is. Yeah, ahead, but what, what West did not say was yeah. that he was working for the CIA at the time. Interesting. Louis Joylin West was a contract psychiatrist for the spy agency. He was also an expert on mind control. Yeah and a prominent player in the now infamous MK Ultra program in which the CIA gave powerful psychiatric drugs to Americans without their knowledge. How many people you suppose in America even know that? Not a lot. And you talk about guys like him and getting involved in the uh, in like the Manson murders, for example. There's a great book uh, out there uh, that I just I just finished reading a few months ago that is actually this deep dive into the CIA's involvement into like hate Ashbury injecting speed into people after testing out LSD on them. Um, yeah, it's crazy. Wow. All right. Going back to what Tucker's saying last night about the CIA and JFK. Um, he's talking about this dude. And then, in 1976, well, I'll go here. Jack Kennedy was almost certainly murdered as the result of a conspiracy. But the- That's what that was from a bipartisan group in 76. They did the investigation, and that's what they came up with. And I'll just let it play out from there. Jack Kennedy was almost certainly murdered as the result of a conspiracy. But the question is, a conspiracy by whom? Well, the obvious suspect would be the CIA. Why else would the agency withhold critical evidence from investigators? Is there a benign explanation for that, for maintaining this level of secrecy for this many years? Not that we're aware of. And it is illegal. In 1992, Congress passed the President John F. Kennedy Assassination Records Collection Act. And that act mandated full disclosure of all documents by 2017, 54 years after JFK was killed. Do you remember this at the time? I mean, you would have been five years old, millennial, David. It was like, well, someday we're going to know about all this stuff. You know, the Oliver Stone movie, whatever, but we're going to know the truth. I think there was some hope this was the smoking gun, finally. Yes. The last administration promised to comply fully with that law, but under intense pressure from CIA Director Mike Pompeo, withheld in the end thousands of pages of CIA documents. Today, this afternoon... The Biden administration did exactly the same thing. That would be thousands of pages of documents after nearly 60 years, after Mm -hmm. the death of every single person involved. But we still can't see them. Clearly, it's not to protect any person. They're all dead. Yeah. So that doesn't make any sense. Okay. Well, today we decided to find out. We spoke to someone who had access to these still-hidden CIA documents, a person who was deeply familiar with what they contain. We asked this person directly, did the CIA have a hand in the murder of John F. Kennedy, an American president? And here's the reply we received verbatim. Quote, the answer is yes. I believe they were involved. It's a whole different country from what we thought it was. It's all fake. Whoa. Mm. Okay. So as you're watching that, what's your reaction at the time, Scott? There's some real cloak and dagger nonsense going on here, and the cover-up is huge. David? Well, I wouldn't put it past anybody in the government to do something like that. I mean, I, again, I know I get 
branded as the paranoid one on the show, and part of that is because I am paranoid. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, man, there's been a lot of stuff that you've been paranoid about that's true. Well, Well, he was the one that coined the get right with Jesus and the crisis. Yeah, well, I think, is that ever a bad idea? No, I don't think so at all, but I'm just saying, if you want to look at paranoid, I'll tell you, I mean, you can draw a direct line from the Kennedy assassination all the way to the faking of the moon landing, and really the coup de grace was... (laughs) Uh, continuing to lie that Stevie Wonder is blind. <laughs> Stevie Wonder is not blind, and oh. the CIA so knows now, this. See... And there's a reason for that. Those records are sealed, too. They are sealed. Mm-hmm. He's blind. We He's can't blind. see them, but Stevie Wonder sure could. We landed on the moon. But he goes on. It's hard to imagine a more jarring response than that. Again, this is not a, quote, conspiracy theorist that we spoke to. Not even close. This is someone with direct knowledge of the information that once again is being withheld from the American public. And the answer we received was unequivocal. Yes, the CIA was involved in the assassination of the president. Okay. And so if that's true, and he goes on to make this point, um, there really is a government within a government. Oh, sure. I mean, you're stating the obvious. And for those of us, and I think we've all admitted at some point in time, years ago when you heard about deep state, you kind of roll your eyes, oh, yeah, whatever. No, man, we found out that there is definitely a deep state. I think because of everything that's happened in the last five to seven years, that you think this is certainly more possible and probable than ever. Would well, you I'm, agree? I mean, you had the federal government actually concoct a conspiracy theory that a duly elected president was working on behalf of the Russians. Correct. That's freaking nuts. And so why? Why would the CIA be involved? Well, you have to go way back in history, and there are a lot of different theories. And some think it's all about the vast military-industrial complex. Mm -hmm. And the Stevie Wonder not being blind thing. So you're saying he would have yeah. carried out attacks, but everybody would have thought he was blind and couldn't see, but he could, he could I, really see. I think Stevie Wonder is actually a CIA assassin, yes. <laughs> and it's the perfect cover, right? He gets to travel all over the world, and they're just he gets to go play and, and sing and all you're that mocking, stuff. But... You're mocking the whole report. I see you. Just remember what Chuck Schumer said. You take on the intelligence community. They have six ways from Sunday at getting back at you. That's probably the most honest thing yeah. that guy has ever said in his entire life. Oh, I agree with that. I wonder where this is going to go. I don't know. I, it, it, sometimes it flares up and then just goes away. I know, man. Yeah, I don't know. It certainly makes you interested. Hey, are we about to ban TikTok finally? Got an update on that story. Oh, we got a Friday Five we got to set you up for. Straight ahead. The Markley Van Camp and Robert Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. On the old Today Show, thinking about bringing masks back to some schools. Oh, jeez. <laughs> there you go. All right. Golly. Here we go again. I saw that. They can get four free masks again, too. I thought the science was settled on that. Shush. Okay. All right. Uh, David, you said, what What are we waiting for with this TikTok thing? Ban it. Yeah, let's just ban it. Come on. Well, been a lot of talk of that. Beers, only 28% of Americans are against it. That's good. Well, I love it. That's because they love it. Well, yeah, th- those people. Yeah. 50% of adults said, yeah, I support, ban it. 23% it. Eh, don't really have an opinion. 
52% said they don't use TikTok anyway. 19% of adults use it every day, including a third of people under 45. But again, and you've laid this out very well, David. Yeah. It's a Chinese spy app. It's a national security threat. I mean, they're gathering information about the habits of your kids through funny little videos. Plus, there's a lot of groomers on there. Protect the kids. Ban TikTok. Yeah, I like that. Hey, remember uh, you were talking earlier in the show how you used to be paranoid? Remember when you said, man, with the social media, and then all of a sudden these ads start coming as something you were just looking at? Yeah. Remember, Scott, and you're like, eh, ads I want to see. <laughs> yeah. What do I care? It's not junk mail if I want it. <laughs> I did say that. <laughs> It's always fun to rehash these conversations, isn't it? Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We got the uh, Friday Five. You know, it's Christmas time, Christmas music. It's all over the place. Yes. You know, we've done best Christmas songs before. We've done worst. We've never put it this way. What is the Christmas song you never want to hear again? Because you're tired of hearing it. Oh, boy. It may be a song you used to like, but you can't take it anymore because you've heard it way too many times. Or maybe it is just that bad, and you're like, I just don't ever want to hear it again. We put our list together. I know what my five were. I don't know how the list ended up. I'm really looking forward to this. If you want to get in a little early, the number is 210-619-2053. Again, 210-619-2053. The Christmas song you never want to hear again. Straight ahead. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you for being here as always. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. It's Friday. That means it's time for our countdown. It starts like this. The countdown is on. You know what this means? It's our favorite time of the week. Anybody wants to get mellow, you can get the f*** out of here. All right. The Friday Five. It will test your head and your mind and your brain. On the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Friday Five. A list we've really never done before. We've done Christmas songs before. We've done best. We've done worst. But not framed it as Christmas songs you never want to hear again. <laughs> and that could be for a multitude of reasons. Yeah. yeah. Again, the number is 210-619-2053. Does it need any other explanation? That's right. an interesting list, I'll tell you that. We'll say this one did not really have the usual criteria of how big a hit was it, test of time, personal like. It was more subjective, although you did try to limit it to the songs you hear most often during yeah, the if, Christmas season. If it's like, you know, some album cut from the Doobie Brothers Christmas album, that wouldn't make it right. because you never hear that. Plus, I don't think it exists. But you know what I mean. They did log train running. It was... <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. All right, who's first today? Uh, let's, uh, all right, uh, let's talk to Mark. Hey, Mark. Hey, good morning. How are you guys? Great, good. Mark. Thanks for checking in. What do you think? Christmas song you never want to hear again? Well, I wanted to ask Jamie, do you want me to say it or do you want me to sing it? 
Oh, you can sing it. Oh, man. yeah. Simply have a wonderful Christmas time. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> mm. Well done, man. Yes. Number five. Simply have a Christmas time. This did not make my list. Oh, this is on the strength of David Van Gogh. It made mine. I hate this song. This was my number two. Really? Wow. A uh, song I never want to hear again. The... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Ah, it's kind of fun. I... No, it's I don't... not. It's terrible. I don't hate it. I'll put it this way. Um, I, it's certainly not his best work. <laughs> That's safe <laughs> well, to say. It was a throwaway, yeah. Uh, but it, it doesn't get to me like the ones that I picked. No. I'll just put it that way. No. Okay, who's next? Uh, let's talk to our good friend, Mary. Hey, Mary. Hey, guys. Happy Friday. Happy Friday, Friday Mary. So um, I thought of a couple, but the one I picked is the Chipmunk song by Alvin and the Chipmunks. Uh, oh, yeah. Yes. What's funny right now to me is that Robbins is laughing and Van Camp looks like he wants to kill 10 people. Yeah. I mean, it's, it didn't make my top five because I don't find it as reprehensible as some of the others. I don't want to hear this song ever again. It was right on the outside looking in. You know what? Maybe I didn't look at it in the right way. I'm thinking, I guess... Maybe I boxed it in too much in thinking of its songs that you hear everywhere. Yeah. Does that get played a lot? I, it's like it gets trotted out occasionally. Okay. Not, it, it certainly doesn't make the usual rotation at Walmart or whatever. Right. It's on like the Christmas music stations thing, I think, occasionally. Like I guess I just don't hear much of my rotation. kids or somebody is listening to it, yeah. that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, man, so you're telling me, David, if it was... On a loop for two hours. Yeah. You're going with that before McCartney. Golly. <laughs> See, now we're going to start really questioning yeah. our picks. <laughs> yeah, I think I would. I think I'd rather hear Alvin and the Chipmunks than Paul oh, McCartney man. on a loop. On a loop. <laughs> like hear Paul McCartney as the Chipmunk. That'd be good, too. Yeah. All right, who's next? Uh, uh, let's talk to Johnny. Hey, Johnny. Happy Friday, brothers. Happy Friday, Wait, Johnny. Johnny. Are you guys Are you going to be in the studio next week? Are we going to have a Friday 5 next Friday, guys? We are. Yes. Well, then we'll I'll be here. My Merry Christmas for then. All right. Oh, excellent. We'll be here. Well, David and I are going to be here. Okay. You just like to take time well, off every once in don't get in. Merry Christmas, brothers. <laughs> okay. Merry Christmas, Thanks. Johnny. Yeah. Hey, you guys, have you heard about uh, Nancy Pelosi's husband? He apparently had surgery uh, not too long ago. Nancy yeah. Pelosi is actually suing the hospital. Yeah, she says he lost all interest in sex after he had that uh, his surgery. But uh, this hospital spokesperson said, well, he had cataract surgery and corrected his eyesight. So we can't talk too much about that. <laughs> yeah, didn't know where that was going, John. I, I wasn't sure. Was nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's where it's going. I'm trying to keep it PG a little bit, guys. Thank yeah, but anyway, that. this song that I'm picking, man, I can't ever get it out of my head. I hear it and it gets stuck in there for weeks. And I can't stand it, man. 
I'm going to have to go with Mariah Carey. All I want for Christmas is you. Yeah. I think I'm the only one that voted for it. Yeah. It didn't make my five. I, I don't hate it. it it's, I, yeah, do I love I it? No, it of course not. But I, I will say this. One of the reasons why I've come around is not only because it seems like Mariah Carey is started to kind of embrace how everyone quote-unquote hates that song, even though it must test very, very well because it gets oh, yeah. trotted out every year, but also because last year when we knocked off the number one thing on Scott Robbins' bucket list and he went and wrote a dolphin, what song was playing when he was writing the dolphin? Oh, that's right. It was Mariah Carey, All I yeah. Want for Christmas is You. Yes. So now I have good memories attached to that song. Because we have the video, wow. you can hear it playing in the background. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I still haven't connected those two things yet. Mm-hmm. All I think about is how you punished people for years playing Mariah Carey on the radio, Scott. I did. You're right. <laughs> in your top 40 days. That's right. Okay, who's next? That one didn't make the five. We only have, so far, one that's made the five, and that was McCartney. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's talk to Todd. Hey, Todd. Hey. How you doing, boys? Doing great, Todd. What you thinking for a Christmas song yeah. you never want to hear again? Well, this song like takes me back about 20 years when I was uh, stocking the shelves at Fred Meyer during the nights, nice. and the stores closed. There's like five people in this gigantic <laughs> building, and the same 10 songs are on repeat <laughs> the whole shift, and you're trying to keep your CD player from bumping so it doesn't skip so you don't have to hear this horrible background noise. <laughs> yes. So as I'm stocking shelves over and over, all I can hear is, feed the world. <laughs> and I just oh, yeah. wanted to die. There you go. Do they know what Band-Aid, they Band-Aid, yes. Yeah. Man, Todd just took me back to my days in retail, too. I never understood it. Once the store, the store is closed, I never understood why they kept the Muzak on. That's a great question. I don't know. Could make intruders crazy. Right. <laughs> I don't mind that song. It's all right. You know, we quote that song, or at least I do, probably five times a year. Tonight, thank God it's them instead of you. you. <laughs> we Depending on to, the situation. We apply it to different situations. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Okay, who's next? Let's talk to Kevin. Hey, Kevin. What's up, guys? Happy Friday in great Amarillo, Texas. Yeah. Uh, Thanks, Kevin. <laughs> It's great to be out here, and you guys are, like I've told you before, part of my Friday day off routine, so thank you. Thank you. Okay, let's get down to business. The song I don't want to ever hear again is Grandmother Got Run Over by a Reindeer. Yes. Yeah, man. Number four. Grandma got run over by a reindeer. That's enough. That's all we need. (laughs) You get the idea. (laughs) Start right now. (laughs) You played that every year on the radio, Scott. Of you had course to. I did. Oh, but God. yeah. <laughs> it was wacky, Jamie. Yeah, wacky. I know. I know. Now, just to ask you real quick, David, as a millennial, mm-hmm. so you're born in 87, that song is still getting played. Was it ever, like, fun to you, funny? Oh, I when I was uh, in second grade, there was a school assembly back when you could still do Christmas stuff. Oh, yeah. Before the communists ruined everything. <laughs> and um, they played uh, Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. I'd never heard it. I thought it was the funniest thing I'd ever heard. It was. Okay. I loved it. Yeah. 
And then you got to try it out every year. Yeah. And then what? By the time you were 14, you're like, I never want to hear it again. Yeah. You know, Elmo and Patsy were unable to follow that up, unfortunately. Their career ended right there. Yeah. It happens. It's a real shame. All right, we still need three, two, one. We got time for one more? Quick? I think so. Yeah, let's talk to uh, Mick. Hey, Mick. Manny Fauci miss coming in. <laughs> hey, Mick. Merry Christmas. Hey. Oh, Manny Fauci miss to you, too. <laughs> well, you know, How you doing today? Everything all right? Me. All right, but I have a problem. My friend Rudy, who lives in Siberia, had a huge argument with his wife Helga last week. He was seems he was outside tending to his reindeer herd when a large storm blew in, and then Rudy decided he needed to get in out of the storm, so he headed into his house. When he got inside, his wife was preparing supper, so she told him to take off his coat and sit down to eat. It sure is snowing hard, she said. To which Rudy, repl- Rudy replied, "No, Helga, it's just raining." His wife then said she was sure that it was indeed snowing. Rudy strongly repeated his assertion that it was just raining outside. But Helga was getting upset with her husband, and she insisted that he was wrong and stated loudly, Honey, it is snowing outside. My friend, growing rather irritated at this point, then sternly replied, Rudolph the Red knows rain, dear. (laughs) Oh. Oh, man. That's a setup there, Mick. Man. Is that your song? I was like, grip it over here. How's this going to get bad? All right. <laughs> oh, boy. No, never. Never bad. Never bad. Not from Nick. Not Nick from the North Pole. Never go bad. Good. Good. Yes. Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer had a very shiny nose. You had enough of that? And if you Scott? ever saw yeah. you would David? even say it Don't mind it. It's all, all right. The other There's a lot of different versions of it. To laugh and call him names. It's not It's not like they some of the others, I would say. You know what? I think there's three of mine that just did not make it into the five. Should I play any of those right now? Uh, sure. Get it out of the way. Do we have any calls for this? Santa baby. Oh, gosh. No. Under the tree for me. It was fun when it was out early enough. Can anyone hear Madonna now and not think of all the antics now licking out of dog bowls to get attention? Yeah. And no clothes? Yeah. Gross, man. All we think about is veiny. <laughs> put it away. We've seen it. Yeah, we get it. No. Jeez, man. Never want to hear it again. Okay. That's the Friday Five. Christmas songs you never want to hear again. Again, the number is 210-619-2053, and we'll wrap it up coming up right here. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Before we get to a news update and then the Scott Robbins trifecta, we got to wrap up the Friday Five, which is Christmas songs you never want to hear again. You're just tired of it. That was number five on the vote of Van Camp. Yeah. Oh, my yeah, I don't think any of us came close to having the same picks no. on these. Who's next on the line, David? Uh, let's talk to Sean. Hey, Sean. Yeah, I'm still here. What are you thinking, Sean? Hello. Christmas song you never want to hear uh, again. Yeah, I, I, it's hard imagining a guy that didn't want any religion making a Christmas song, but I'm going with John and Yoko. Uh, 
their tune that they had. I forget what the hell. Happy it's Christmas, called. and you're gonna have a great weekend because that's great pick. Number one. Yeah, I want to hear it. Yeah. Such a great dad to Julian. Do I need to bring that up every time? Sorry, <laughs> but you do. I can't, I can't hear. I can't hear that song without thinking of that. Julian saying, "What a hypocrite that guy was." Yeah. There's a lot of these, man. It's it's hard to separate sometimes the artist. A lot of times with music, I, I think you can do it. Number one. Yeah, I, I don't want to hear it again. <laughs> but some of these, not so much. Who's next, yeah. David? Let's talk to Brent. Hey, Brent. Hey, Merry Christmas, guys. Merry Dude, Christmas. Brent, thanks for checking in. Yeah, I'm just pretty happy. My wife finally got her luggage back. From the TSA. <laughs> oh, yeah. From that puppy play guy. The puppy play. Yeah. Had a bunch of leather collars in it. It was kind of weird. Nice. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, this one, this song is terrible because my kids really like it, and my wife doesn't mind it, so I have to hear it a bunch. But I absolutely do not want a hippopotamus for Christmas. Oh, yeah. dude. This is on yeah. my list. For Brent's sake, we get it. That's plenty. Thank you. Yeah. I We had this conversation yesterday. If that got still played a lot, that would have been in my five easy. Yeah. No doubt about it. Okay, we're still looking for two and three. I can't believe number two is even on the list, mm-hmm. but that was the strength of Robin's pick. Yeah, it was. Do you think anybody's going to call for that? Uh, maybe. All right, who's next on the line? Let's talk to Tony. Hey, Tony. Hey, guys. I'm a big fan of the show, a uh, huge fan of a couple of you. So oh. I just wanted to say, yeah, you're welcome. Um, Thanks, Tony. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, the song, the jingle, I don't know what they call it, the jingle dogs or the, the puppy puppy bells. Bark. The bark- oh, yeah, the, the barkers. Yeah. Yeah, that's yours. <laughs> Did Robbins pick that? I think I did. I yeah. think he did. Yeah, that was uh, number five for Sam Britton's favorite song. <laughs> <laughs> okay, who's next? Uh, let's talk to Jordan. Hey, Jordan. 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 Yes, sir. Yeah, Jordan. What Christmas song you never want to hear again? I. Never want to hear. I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus. Oh yeah, yeah. Do we have that somewhere? John Mellencamp did a fun, kind of a fun version of it. Yeah, there's been the different versions. I guess we got to get the two and three quick. Yeah, don't let's we? go. Go on the strength of Robbins. Number two. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. A lot of people love that song, Feliz but I guess. Navidad. And then on the strength of Band Camp's pick. This. Number three. Sure, I wanna buy the Golly. New song, Christmas Shoes. Manipulative drivel. It's sad, man. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. <laughs> biggest story of the day is? Uh, biggest story to me, at least. <laughs> you gotta time that out, man. It's <laughs> gotta end at a certain time. Yeah. <laughs> Manipulative, but you just get angry hearing it like it's four terrible. notes of that thing. It's terrible, man. Poor little guy. Golly. <laughs> I need to buy, before just, mommy meets Jesus tonight, I need to buy these shoes because she's dying from cancer. 
Oh my gosh, what the hell is wrong with you? Why did man, you write that song? <laughs> His heart's in the right place, man. Poor Why'd man. you write that song? What is <laughs> Okay, we gotta get to a news update and the Scott Robbins top three stories of the day, the trifecta. Next, right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. It's got Robin's trifecta. His top three stories of the day coming up in just a few. Um, just happened to see this story um, at Daily Wire. National Archives are going to release hundreds of emails on Hunter Biden unless White House intervenes. That's the headline. Mm. So the National Archives and Records Administration uh, sent a letter to the White House late last month saying the records agency, they're going to release these emails because there's been all these FOIA requests. Want to know about Hunter Biden? We've heard about that for quite a long time. Um, said uh, one of those requests focused on records relating to the president's son Hunter and brother James and their foreign business dealings. So they're preparing to release 185 emails in whole and 75 others with redactions in response to the FOIA request. Um, quote is... The Biden vice presidential records to be opened are email messages from May 2014 to December 2014 that include the company name Burisma. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Several of the email messages are press inquiries regarding the announcement of Hunter Biden joining the board of directors of Ukrainian energy company Burisma Holdings Limited. Um, and yeah, I mean, he's admitted before Hunter has. Well, I had, I guess, as much right to be there as anybody else. I mean, he had no background in that business. Ah, uh, they'll train you. <laughs> to be on the board. Yeah, well, I don't know. They train you for that, do they? Yeah. Come on in and get in. Sign up. We'll train you. But, I mean, it's not just Ukraine and Burisma. When you're talking about Hunter and James Biden and Joe being the big guy getting 10%, also got China in that. Russia has a number of different ways they were making money. And I know a lot of people have been wanting this to come out for a while, and Republicans have promised they're going to get into these investigations. Yeah. But you don't think anything's going to come of it, David? No, I don't. Especially because Democrats didn't do as poorly in the midterms as people were expecting. Right. So now Joe Biden is officially protected again. They're not... Nothing's ever going to come out of this. There may be some salacious details in there. That I'm sure a lot of people will be freaking out over. I might freak out over it, but in the end, at, at the end of the day, will it matter? Nope. There are a lot of times it's frustrating because, like, take Fauci for instance. You know, switching gears, looking at investigations going into Fauci and how we handled COVID, and just the origins of the virus. Different information may come out, but is anyone actually going to do any time? In the end, like, will anyone go to jail? No. You know, you look forward to this stuff all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, we all remember this, and I think you probably do too, even though you were a little bit younger at the time, David. After the economic crash in 2008, you're thinking, they're going to hold those people accountable. They bankrupted the world. They knew exactly what they were doing. They're going to go to prison. Nobody did. Obama promised we're going to hold him accountable. See what happens That's with the who new, we are. See what happens with the new Congress. Dude, 
I, I'm just saying. I'm. It's I'm, not going to matter. I promise I know, you. Uh, David, you're probably right. No, and, and one of the reasons it won't matter is because even if there are damning pieces of evidence that come out against anybody, mm-hmm. right? And let's say for the sake of argument that you could make the case that laws were broken. Doesn't matter. Because some of these guys in the Republican Party cannot help but go for the viral clip and do some stupid little speech and make it out to be way bigger than it is. And that just gives fodder to the press to say, well, they're trafficking in conspiracy theories. They're clowns. And that's the problem. Well, and so many people are protected. That's why they don't go to jail. You know, what all, it always reminds me of this, Scott. Sorry to go off on a tangent, and then we'll get to your trifecta. It reminds me of something you've said a hundred times when it talks about pitchers in baseball cheating, getting an advantage, a foreign substance. And whenever you ask the question, well, they know he's out there. You know, he's going to his the bill on his hat constantly. He's probably got pine tar, something on there. He's getting an advantage. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't want to call it out because your guy's doing the same thing. Right. Sometimes with the political parties, you're like, does anybody ever go to jail for breaking the law? Doesn't seem like very often. And that that part is frustrating. All right, you ready for your big three? All right, let's go. All right, let's do this. Roll it out. Are you ready? It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Scott Robbins, top three of the day. Always helped by his hero in life. I'm Casey Kasem. Hey, buddy. Got all your Christmas shopping done, Casey? Yes. Good. I'm ready. All right. Three. Uh, number three, the Penn women's swim team is now all female again. Yeah, how about that, huh? The uh, yeah. Good. <laughs> I, I thought so, too. Unlike a year ago, there were no men competing this year. University of Pennsylvania women's team uh, kicked off its season this semester without their best weapon, Leah Thomas, the dude. Thomas uh, previously competed against men in collegiate swimming competitions, switching to female and took uh, drugs to suppress testosterone for a year, clearing the NCAA bar to compete against women. What happened? Thomas dominated women's swimming. And uh, last year's University of Air, uh, Akron Zippy Invitational. She graduated in May and, of course, is not available to swim on the team this year. They're currently looking for someone else transitioning to replace her. I'm just thinking, I'm guessing those team records are going to stand up for a long time. <laughs> right. We're getting closer and closer to number one. This guy, Robin Stripefecker, <laughs> top three of the day. <laughs> two. I just got that. Okay. <laughs> that took me a minute. <laughs> number two. two. Good one, by the way. <laughs> Liz Cheney suggests she might run for president. This is so great. Liz Cheney, who suffered a brutal defeat in the primary back in August, will be leaving office in January. Darn the luck. Take that idiot Kinzinger with you. Now she's made it clear that her mission is to go after former Donald Trump. And she's not done yet. She will continue the fight. So she's on CNN. And she's on there with with the haircut. Tap. So Tap asked her, hey, would you consider running for president in order to stop Donald Trump from regaining that position? She said, quote, at this point, I've yet to make a decision. I'm contemplating 2024. All I can say is do it. Please do it. I beg you to do it. I hope she doesn't do it. I want her to do it. 
because every time she comes up in the news, you go bug nuts crazy, well, which is not good for your blood pressure. And she's not a player anymore anyway. No one cares. Being humiliated one time in a primary <laughs> is one thing. But being humiliated on a national stage running for president, yeah, I'm for it. Well, you could get picked for vice president if you're Kamala Harris. Now, well, on with the countdown. I think Cheney selects Kinzinger. That's a winning ticket right there. <laughs> they belong together. They really do. Scott Roberts trifecta. Top three of the day and already at one. Uh, number one is, well, one of the biggest Twitter suspensions <laughs> that Elon Musk uh, undertook. Yeah. For people sharing information that could tell people where exactly his private jet was. Well, uh, he is Keith Olbermann. Keith Olbermann, who's been screaming at the sky because he's got no platform now because he got booted off Twitter. Uh, now, it, the insane Keith Elberman is using his dog's account to cry about Elon Musk. Mm -hmm. so Just the kind of guy that his has his own dog account. Dog account, mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. Keith Elberman's dog said, doubt you've heard, but must ban me permanently from Twitter for not doing something he said wasn't against the rules. Yeah, I've got the audio of him ranting about it. I want to hear, hear it. it. So, what hear did he get booted for? Does anybody know? I thought it was something to do with the flight thing, but maybe That's not. I, I don't know. He is I, I very, got it. Okay. Toxic horrible personality. Yeah. Got it. Hey, I don't know if this got any publicity anywhere, but apparently I've been permanently banned from Twitter by Elon Musk for not doing something he claimed he would never ban anybody for doing. What a friggin' candy-ass, lying, hypocritical, self-contradicting, little paranoid snowflake that apartheid Clyde really is. And I was hardly the most important journalist or commentator who got it. Aaron Rupar, Donnie O'Sullivan, Ryan Mack, it's the baptism scene from the Godfather movie, and we all got whacked by Don Elon Musclione. Oh, For a moment last night, I thought, you know, he did this just so we'd all forget about Donald Trump's stupid baseball cards from yesterday. Let me talk about that, too. Plus, Thurber's The Catbird Seat, and much more on the Friday Countdown podcast, now available wherever you get your freaking podcasts, except Twitter, because you know. The dude is now speaking through his dog's account. He's okay. completely broken. He's completely broken. He's shattered. You know what I noticed when you started playing that clip, David? Yeah. He doesn't sound like Keith Olbermann anymore. No, no, not anymore. Well, is that only... from like no processing on a microphone or something? He sound... I thought it was Lawrence O'Donnell. I thought I honestly thought you got people confused well, and you were playing a clip of Lawrence O'Donnell. The well, the the thing is, is he may have Lawrence O'Donnell syndrome, which is what happens when you yeah. go so far to the left that your bowels stay clenched and you cannot poop. My theory is that Lawrence O'Donnell hasn't had a bowel movement since 1986, which, according to doctors, constricts the throat, and that's why. Yeah, that's why he always is like, and and Keith Olbermann has been transitioning to just that angry person screaming at the clouds also, and I think he now has that bowel obstruction. What a kook. Oh, man. Stop the hammering. Yeah, yeah. that's O'Donnell. That's not, you're right, though. They do kind of sound alike, don't they? But to me, it Particularly did. the opening part. Like, Can you play me like the first five seconds of that again, yeah. David? Uh, here we go. Hey, I don't know if this got any publicity anywhere, but apparently I've been permanently okay, banned good. from Twitter by... Doesn't that sound like Rodon? A little Stop bit. Stop the hammering. Yeah. Stop the hammering out there. Who's got a hammer? Where is it? It's Pelosi's buddy. 
that kook. Easy. Where's the hammer? <laughs> you know, if you don't know that reference, we played it on the show before. That was Lawrence O'Donnell in a meltdown from, I forget what year, 2016, 15, it's somewhere gold. in there. It's gold. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Freaking dog. Keith Oberman's dog. He's using that for the his Twitter account. Of course he is. I hope Elon shuts that one down, too. Jeez. Um, <laughs> thank you for the trifecta, as You're always. Well and done. there you have it. Did you hear about this? I figured you would get a kick out of this. Um, scientists, you know, have been designing a urinal that drastically reduces splashing. That was a story last month. It's <laughs> a problem. Well, because you got so many people whizzing outside. We've heard about this in San Francisco before. Apparently, this is a problem in London. Um, they're fighting back with painting walls and other surfaces with a special kind of paint that actually causes a stream to splash back. At the at you, I saw a video of it. It it's, it sounds crazy, but when whatever splashes against it, it does it like repels and goes backward. Yeah. The all new boomerang. A little bit. Well, so it actually you whiz on it, and it splashes back toward yeah. you. Damn Man. Out. That'll show you. you know, the, the message is, is that if you are caught publicly urinating with this technology, you're in trouble. I felt like a setup was coming. <laughs> it was, and the payoff was worth it. Awesome. Well done again. Good job. David Bank All right. Another news update to get to, and a couple of doozies for Nimrods in the news. Straight ahead. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. There you take a step back and think about what we've learned over the last few weeks from the Twitter files that the government was, well, shutting people down, controlling the narrative on stories, on people that, you know, within Twitter, some people would be shadow banned. Their messages squashed down. They didn't want it getting out, which really does seem like a threat to democracy. Mm-hmm. You can't have a debate. People get shut down. But it was interesting because none of the legacy outlets even covered the story that it was happening. It was a huge, huge news story. But something happened last night that got legacy media's attention, and this, I guess, is a threat to democracy. It's like a handful of some of the worst bad faith actors on Twitter got temporarily suspended because uh, Elon Musk said they were doxing him. They were tracking where his private flight was going, and that flight uh, information is not actually public knowledge. Media keeps lying about that. Or it's not publicly available information. Um, anyway... Uh, yeah, Sarah Fisher with Axios. I had my favorite take on the whole thing. Okay, let's roll. Other world leaders look to leaders in America, whether they're politicians or business leaders, to implement tactics that go against the free press to hold their power. That's where this is going to have the most chilling effect. Other world leaders are going to look at social media platforms in their countries and say, well, you know, Elon Musk is targeting journalists, creating ad hoc policies. We can do the same thing. But I think where it has the most chilling effect is that Twitter journalists in the United States are also leveraged around the world. People around the world rely on us to tell them what's happening here because it impacts their democracies and impacts their countries. And if journalists here have a chilling effect, don't feel comfortable posting on Twitter, it impacts not just our democracy and the people here, but the people around the world. You're not kicked off yet. I am not kicked off. Is it, are, not you, been are you um, <laughs> nervous? Does it make you think twice about what you 
post in a way you wouldn't have thought yesterday this time? I'm not changing my behavior whatsoever. Oh. I'm reporting the truth, and if that yeah. gets me banned, then that gets me banned. Yeah. Such a badass. What a fighter. Yeah. What a warrior. Yeah. Yes. All these other countries I, counting on us. <laughs> yeah. Got it. Yeah, it's like the Iranian government was about to let up on crushing <laughs> protests until they saw Elon Musk banned <laughs> Aaron freaking Rupar. <laughs> and with that, we got when the rest. going gets tough, damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrods in the news on the Martley Van Camp and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrods in the news. We start in Denver. Moron. <laughs> he got into a high-speed chase with cops uh, driving a tiny smart car painted to look like a little tyke's car. <laughs> <laughs> the red one with a yellow roof. Yeah. He stole it from this business called Wrap Factory. That's what they do, full wraps of cars. Yeah. It wasn't hard to spot, but apparently there's a video out there where <laughs> he's speeding down a bike path with the cops right on his tail. They got him. It's just hilarious. <laughs> and then the cops in London broke down this business door to save a woman because she was slouched over with her face in a bowl of soup. Mm -hmm. Oh, no. It's like terrifying. Turns out it was a modern art gallery. It was just a mannequin. It was art, you see. But there was a passerby going, this lady's going to die. <laughs> So they broke down the door to try to save it. Oh, they call man. that art, you know. Yeah. And that's Nimrod's in the news.